Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today we're going to talk the NVIDIA RTX 30 series announcement and a handful of other game news. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Gojo, Sitza, and Tom Z for all their contributions. We appreciate you guys. You guys are fucking awesome. So sweet. Uh, and thanks to all our patrons, for that matter. We love everyone. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Alex, do you have any bumpers for the network? I do. Uh, so we did finally wrap up the Alienist Recap Podcast. Uh, that uh, was with a, a wrap-up episode. Nick and I had a great time discussing some listener emails. So please make sure you go check that out if you were watching the Alienist and then uh, the horror movie yearbook boys have beca- begun their September of the Dead by talking about the Night of the Living Dead. Uh, please go check that out. They're going to be putting out an episode every week this month uh, discussing all of the uh, George Romero's Dead series movies. And they're also giving away a copy of Daniel Krauss and George Romero's novel The Living Dead. So please go to their Instagram to check out how to enter the contest. Uh, the Instagram is horror movie yearbook, all one word, and uh, yeah, should be good. Check it out. Sweet. I also want to announce that I did some narration for a new podcast called Right or Wrong Podcast. It is a chapter-based fiction serial that invites the audience to participate in the craft of storytelling with a focus on original tales of the strange and unexpected. Host Patrick Emile will create and present bi-weekly installments of exciting prose and scripts leading spirited discussions with a bullpen of highly diverse co-hosts. Uh, it's a really cool story, choose your own adventure kind of thing. You listen to it, and then you, the listener, get to uh, go online and vote for which path you'd like the story to go, and Patrick will write out the rest of the story for you. Uh, it's pretty cool. So check it out, uh, if not uh, for the whole you know wanting to listen to a new podcast, but to check out something that I'm a part of if you're interested in that sort of thing. Yes, you can listen to the, whole, the, the Alienist recap episode where I try to read emails, and then you can listen to John narrating, and you can learn which of us is better at reading over. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know that in the first place yeah i mean uh it narrating things is different though like i was taking my time and like doing things line by line yeah that <laughs> makes stuff sense like that <laughs> so it's a little bit easier but uh regardless uh check it out we'd, we'd appreciate uh, any feedback on that podcast as well it's not part of the network but it's something i'm involved in so i just wanted to bump it out there real quick uh speaking of emails we did get an email from alan that we forgot to read last time because we're assholes so we're going to read it now this time Uh, Alan says, hello, gentlemen. It's been a while since I logged on and sent something in. So here goes some pros. Some of us have had a bit more time than others due to lockdown. I got furloughed and laid off pretty quickly during it all. And it left me a lot of extra time. I had four viable options, a vigorous exercise regime, a vigorous masturbation regime, regime, playback, (laughs) play, play my back catalog of games, DIY projects. I managed three out of four. The interesting one for you guys will be the gaming in total. I've managed to mostly play through and finish one hitman Two. 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, 3, Control, 4, Borderlands 3, and 5, The Division 2. I could speak for a few hours in some of these, but I'll go with Control for now. Control is one of the best games I've played. I remember being excited pre-release for it, but I always wait for a price drop to get games. I know you seem to enjoy playing it, too. It was such a cinematic experience for me, which I love. The bold headings for each new section you discover, the old director talking to you in overlays, everything was just so damn good. It had the perfect blend of combat, puzzle play, reading all the memos that were laying around, creepy puppet videos on the TV, and even enough jump scares. 
My favorite part is the ashtray maze portion, wearing the Walkman blasting heavy metal song called Control and flying through a crazy metamorphing 3D maze. Jesse says it best when you finish the maze. That was awesome. I really hope they follow up with a second one. I want to give an honorable mention to The Division 2. I've never really had the full experience of playing an online game consistently with a friend. Me and Scottish Alex have been blasting through it most days, and it's been great. Actually, it's been pretty good. It's been really good for our friendship, too. Eight more games to play in the back catalog to go listen to you talk about Ghost of Tsushima, except you, Brian, had me want to buy that now, too. Especially I'd co-op games uh, if co-op games become a reality. Anyway, I could speak for hours about these games, but I won't bore you with that. Thanks for keeping me entertained and informed. Much love, Alan. Uh, yeah, man, we can't speak enough about how awesome Control is. I think it's probably one of the best games I've played of all time. Like, period. It's so good. Um, I, I literally kind of feel that way. I just finished playing through it again uh, with on my PC with ray tracing uh, at like a not so steady sixty to seventy frames per second, um, and it's Ooh. it's incredible. It's just there are so many things about that game that. Like, it just continues to get better every time that I check it out. And I didn't even think I was going to be able to play through it again. Like, I went and downloaded a save to kind of just start so that I'd be able to play the DLC fresh on the PC. And that, like, I I felt bad doing it when I loaded it up. Like, it had, like, a bunch of skill points for me to dump into the tree. And, like, none of the side quests were finished. But, like, it was somebody, like, hacked the save, basically. Uh, So when I booted it up, I was like, this doesn't feel right. And then I just ended up not playing through that, and 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 I I loaded up uh, back where I had started, and I, I played through the whole thing again. That game is just too good, um, and so yes, now is a good time to hop in with the ultimate edition with all the DLC Which is on sale like everywhere. <laughs> yeah, for like twenty something, twenty six dollars or something like that, which is almost like it's basically the price of the season pass at launch. So. Now's a yeah. good time to hop in and check it out if you haven't yet. Um, I have totally not played through the it. DLC yet. I think I might save that for when I have a 3000 series card. Um, but so far, like the base game, just it was my second time through it, and it's great. And I found stuff that I didn't find the first time. And um, I feel like I'm better at playing the game than I ever was before, too, because a lot of the things that I had trouble fighting the first time around, I had a really easy time with this time around. Like, I beat the crap out of Former, the guy that's in the... Did you fight the dude that's in the the f- fridge on the astral plane that's connected to the uh, fridge? I tried to. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. gave up on that one. I died to him so many times when I played on Xbox, but when I was playing on PC, I beat his ass the first time I played him. Like, I literally, I probably died like 50 times the first time I tried to it's beat him. It's definitely a cool fight, that's for sure. Did you yeah. still play with a controller? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, because, like, being able to do all of the abilities, like, and that's the thing, I guess I didn't You get- You have to play with a controller. Playing with mouse and keyboard is, like, impossible, I feel like, because your hand, you're making, like, the blood gang sign with, like, all of your, with both hands, like, each hand saying blood, <laughs> instead of, like, b- using both hands to say blood. Like, you have to twist your fingers in such a manner that, like, it's impossible to do, because if you're using all of the abilities at once, which is one of the best parts of the game, is, like, you can literally just fire off every ability at the same time. Yeah, that's just so cool. Being able to levitate and use the shields at the same time and also start, like, launching things, like, I feel like doing that on a keyboard just would never work. So the thing is, I've never really been that great at doing multiples of those things at once. 
I basically played that game by just boosting launch as the first thing that I did, and then I just fucking ruin everybody with launch for the rest of the game, and it's awesome. But mm-hmm. um, but no, I don't know. It just felt really good, and and I feel like I got better at it, and uh, and that was nice. The other thing is they've added like a couple more spots to the skill tree too. And so, um, when I play through the DLC, the first thing I'm going to unlock is like the final level of launch. You can now, you can now hover three items with launch and it will recharge your energy while you're holding them too. Oh, wow. Huh. So I'm excited to just destroy literally everything with that. And I know that the first DLC called the foundation has another power in it. Like, I think there's two powers, and you have to select one that you use throughout it. Um, So I'm excited to see what that's like. They did add these expeditions. I don't know if it was part of the season pass or if it was just a free DLC that they did. Um, But it's like these expeditions that you take into, um, like, this area that's connected to the Black Rock Quarry. And you just, I think you you get jukebox. You just do speed runs, right? I don't really know. So I haven't done enough of them to really figure out exactly what's going on yet, but you get a jukebox token that you put in the jukebox and then it transports you to this place. And like, they've, con- they've been sending team. The, the oldest house has been yeah, that, sending That was part of the out. main game. I don't think that so. Was, that, that it was, because I remember uh-huh. being given that option before the season pass drop. That came to you before you, like it, it, it came to the game before you finished it. Because it was not there when I so, finished the game. You think it's a free DLC thing they I added? I think it was a free DLC that they added after the huh. fact. Okay. Um, so it might not have been associated with the season pass. But either way, yeah, it's like these these expeditions that you go on and there's like some weird lore with like why every team that they send into it ends up dead and like things that you can find out there. So there's more to figure out there, but I haven't done anything with that yet. Um. So... Yeah, no. Gladish says fucking fridge guy in the chat. No, he's a former is a total like he'll beat the shit out of you. Um, but I don't know why. But if you use a lot of launch and you shoot him with like upgraded grip, uh, I I don't know. I ruined him pretty quickly this time. So <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Just uh, what else, Alan? It's, oh, about the ashtray maze. That the ashtray maze is the best part of that game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Probably the best part of most games that have come out <laughs> in the past decade. Uh, and then Division 2, like, it, again, another really great game that just kind of keeps on giving, I suppose. I'm glad him and Alex are enjoying it. Um, I wish I had it on PlayStation. I think Nick still has a copy for me on PlayStation somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he picked up for, like, five bucks or whatever. So maybe I should get that from him so I can play with those guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to that new mode they're going to add to the Division 2, actually. We're going to have to try that if you ever get a chance to game again. Yeah. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> how do you think I feel? What what is the what does the new mode do? What do you do? Uh, I thought I posted a link in the news. Uh, you deleted a bunch of I news. Think you stuff. deleted it. Oh yeah, I, I didn't post it. My bad. Um they're adding a skyscraper mode, which I guess is gonna play out similarly to the underground mode they had in the first game. Oh, cool. Um, which I guess so is kind of, it's kind of like randomly generated. Yeah. Isn't that what underground was? It's like a hundred floor skyscraper and you work your way up, I guess. Oh, sweet. And oh, cool. it's randomly generated to a point, like what enemies you fight and the layouts of each, uh, floor. And, um, yeah, I think it'll have its own unique loot and stuff like that. 
Um, uh, it sounds pretty cool to me. Can you get a skin that looks like either the people from the raid or um, Judge Dread from the Carl Urban Dread? <laughs> that would be sweet. I don't know. Because then I'll play the game. Probably not, but maybe. That was a really good Judge Dread movie. Yeah, it, yeah, great. I liked that movie a lot. But yeah, thank you, Alan, Alan. Thanks, thank you for sending that email, man. We really appreciate it. We're glad to hear from you. Yes. Um, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure hearing from any of our listeners. If anyone wants to send in stuff, you can do so at MidwestGameNerds at gmail dot com or Instagram or Twitter. Probably Twitter is the best one if you're using any of the other platforms. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Alex, what have you been playing? Uh, I talked about control, and since I'm taking this pause to wait for better graphics cards, uh, I am now trying to get through Alan Wake. Um, it's the first time I'm really trying to play it. It feels very dated, but it also still plays pretty well. Um, it's a very interesting mechanic. You're using a flashlight to like basically crack. It's a third-person action game, and you hold the flashlight on these dark enemies, and when they like pop, you're able to shoot them with the guns that you have and kill them. Um, and I think it's just kind of a a pretty unique way. And, and so Alan Wake kind of, uh, the new DLC for control deals with Alan Wake as well, because they, you learn in normal, the normal control narrative, you may learn through some of the extra items and things like that, that the Alan, the Alan Wake itself, uh, is an altered world experience experience that happened in the mythos of control. I'm sorry, um, I have to interrupt. I hope people are watching on Twitch. Brian, just go to town on his nose. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, you know? I did it before the stream. Hilarious. I love, he, like, flipped up his mic to engage the mute on it and everything, and he's just been, like, digging at that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, that put a couple clicks in our uh, recording. Sorry. That's, That's all right. Um, but no, Alan Wake is interesting. Uh, I'm having a good time with it so far, even if it feels just a little bit old. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think if I played anything else. I tried to play the Blasphemous demo on Switch because that was on sale, and that is like a side-scrolling Souls-like, um, similar to like a Castlevania or like the Salt and Sanctuary game that came out. Uh, it was, it was too hard for me. I couldn't do it. So I did not end up biting the bullet on it, but I've heard very good things about it. And if that sounds up your alley, you might want to check it out. Yeah. That, that game is getting a lot of accolades. So yeah. So something to, something to look at. But yeah, other than that, I did finish up ghosts of Tsushima, but I feel like you'll probably talk about that a little bit, John. So we can talk about that when it comes back around to you. Sure. Brian, what about you? Um, uh, it's been a couple weeks, so I feel like I did play a bit more Flight Simulator. Yeah. Um, I don't had those hurricanes happened yet last time we recorded. No, I don't. Well, they might have been starting up, but I don't think we talked about the fact that there are people like chasing the storms in the game, right? Yeah, because I mean they they do a pretty damn good job modeling the weather in real time in that game. Um, so I definitely tried to take a look. I didn't have as much luck as other people. For some reason, maybe I'm just poor, like poorly navigating or something. I don't know. But I did see some pretty cool clouds. Uh, nothing like what I saw people post on the internet, though. Uh, I think that's the last time I played it, though. I was trying to take a break from it 
to play new things for the podcast, but I didn't do a very good job with that either. But I did try Wasteland 3, and my stint with that game was very short. So Wasteland 3 is an RPG, and it uses uh, turn-based combat for um, kind of similar to like XCOM. Like, you explore in real time, and then when you get into combat, it's it plays out similar to XCOM. But it feels like a crappier version of XCOM to me, because I've played a lot of XCOM. Um, the game looks fine, but it's just not my style. Uh, the character creation was awesome, though. Like, it, you have so many options, and, like, the different options you have are hilarious. Like, you can pick a trait called Goat Killer which is just bizarre, and yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of really weird traits and stuff you can pick, and a lot of them have, like, uh, they'll have something that, like, a, a huge buff to them, but then, like, uh, some sort of con that, like, is permanent, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, though, I tried to play that, and I got irritated because I clicked on someone to attack them and then my person ran the opposite direction and used up all my action points and that pissed me off that so sucks. I quit and I uninstalled the game because I <laughs> feel like that's just ridiculous for the very beginning of the game but I mean it's probably a fine game I just didn't have the patience for it and I'm not really in the mood for it uh, and I decided to chill for a while and play a game, so I installed Spiritfarer, which is also free on Game Pass right now, along with Wasteland 3, and uh, a bunch of other stuff that's new. Um, that game is beautiful. Like, the artwork's just awesome. Music's pretty good. Uh, I feel like the game, in the beginning, the way they try to teach you things as you play is, like, way too drawn out, though. And if they kind of just threw you in right away, it would be a better game because it's it's not complicated. It's like a very chill, uh, easy like management game. You know, mm. like you 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 are in the afterlife. I mean, there's no you're, real well, mystery carrying, about that. You're carrying people across the river sticks, basically, right? And the ship. yeah, more or less. And you have uh, yeah, you're you're taking over for someone in the beginning of the game and you pick up people. There's probably like a whole story about this, uh, which uh, right now, so far all I could tell is like everyone you pick up is like related to you in some way, which is kind of weird. But uh, hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, you basically, you pick up different people and you have to take them to where they need to go, but they have to be like, ready for it like you have to do a certain number of things for them i think to get them ready i haven't even dropped anyone off yet to be honest i've only picked up some people (laughs) but this ship you upgrade it like you can add like a field you had a guest house so people can actually stay there um and you have to like you know talk to these people and feed them and figure out what they like and what they don't like and there's a lot of different um locations to visit like there's a shipyard so you can buy new blueprints for upgrading your ship. And then there's another place that specializes in like seeds for your field and stuff. 
And that's all fine, but, like, it takes so long to travel from one location to the other. And the only thing you can really do in between is uh, you can build stuff, but there's usually not anything to be built. Or you can water your plants, or you can fish. And that gets old pretty quick. And uh, I, I just think they needed to compress it a little bit more um, as far as, like, travel time between places and stuff. But I don't know. I might work through it slowly a little more just to see where the story goes and stuff. Because I, I must say the uh, the dialogue is really well written. It's it's pretty funny. Um, it's all just, like, text that you read. It's not voice acted. <laughs> it's kind of like playing, like, Zelda, how they make... How the, the, each character has their own little sound effect they make when they're talking, okay. but they're not really talking. Yeah. Um, and then I checked out Crusader Kings 3 a tiny bit, because I... That wasn't even on my radar, but I was reading some good things about it here and there, and it sounded interesting. Basically, it's just like a feudal family simulator, kind of <laughs> like turn turn or uh, it's not turn based actually. It's a real time strategy game technically, because you can like pause time and run it at different speeds and stuff. Um, but um, yeah, that game's pretty wild. Like I. I only played the tutorial for a little bit, um, so I don't have too much of an opinion on it, but just the uh, the depth that it looks like it'll have is pretty interesting, like, as far as how you can approach situations. Like, you can take over, but you kind of, like, set your own goals. Like, hey, I want to be, you know, king of, like, Ireland or something, is what they say in the uh, tutorial. Um, or you can... You know, go try to take over some other region if you want. But you can do it all either politically or by force or through family, inheritance and stuff. So, yeah, you can literally just marry your way through the game or seduce people or use blackmail. And it's pretty wild. Definitely reminds me a bit of Game of Thrones. There's no dragons or anything. It's all like... You get to bang your sister? You could, yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. That's very Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. weird. And you can actually, I guess you can change the laws and stuff to make things more, like, normalized as far as accepting things like that. But I haven't gotten that far into the game. Was so the can, eighth chapter can... written by Benioff and Weiss? Yeah, maybe. It probably yeah. sucks. Yeah, so you can be like the King of England actually did and basically found his own church, so he's allowed to get mm-hmm. divorced. Yeah. That's cool. No, I've heard good things, like, people just basically having stories about, like, the fact that, like, you know, they wanted their heir to work out a certain way, and they ended up, like, having several other heirs that are ahead of the heir that they wanted renounce their, like, claim to the throne and all kinds of stuff in order to have a certain kind of outcome and things like that. And it just basically sounds like there's a very... Dyn- like there are a ton of systems very dynamically interacting with each other to be able to like allow for certain things one of the other things that i heard them say is that like you're also managing like i think one of the new additions to crusader Th- kings 3 specifically is this like stress system where if you certain actions that you do will cause the character you're playing as stress and if you stress your character too much they can literally die of stress yeah, um, that stress is a big part of it. 
Yeah, so it, it just sounds like there's like a lot this of. Sounds different... too real. I don't think I can handle this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's more about like you know ruling countries rather than actually doing your job and things like that. So it might still be a way to get away. Oh, from so it. it's a lot like our current situation in America. That, Maybe yeah. I should say that um, like you you start as one character like one ruler, but um, if that ruler dies, like. You know, there's a succession to it, so you, you just become the, you become the yeah. next person, basically. Yeah, the heir. Yep. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, one of like I think my yeah. In the first battle, randomly in the tutorial, the battle it tells you to start. My only son died in the battle, <laughs> and his name was Brian. <laughs> it was spelled wrong, but he 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 kind of looks like similar to me too he's bearded and has a reddish beard it's pretty funny but it was really poor timing because i hadn't even gotten him married off yet but damn yeah it's Pulling really it's just funny like you can look through all the different people like when you're trying to like get married you can look through and see how much their or like how high their opinion is of you and like who you gain access to and what you gain access to resource wise, if you marry them. And uh, there's also a category like what trait your offspring might end up with, like club footed and stuff like that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Somebody else, it was like, they have a lisp. Your offspring has a medium chance of having a lisp and stuff like that. It's pretty wild. Which then that lisp, probably like makes them less of an effectual ruler or something like mm-hmm. that because of public perception and things of that nature. Yeah. yeah, it seems pretty deep, but unlike most paradox games or probably well all of them that I've tried, they actually do a pretty good job explaining it in the beginning, but it is very dry cuz it's just a text explanation and shows like shows you which buttons you should press. And they they throw a lot of information at you, but I feel like, unlike a lot of their games, the uh, interface is actually attractive, and it's set up pretty well, and they use a font that I can fucking read. Um, So that's pretty cool. So I definitely want to check it out some more, but I'm not super in the mood for strategy games right now. Yeah, Yeah, I downloaded it. I would like to give it a try, so hopefully I find some time to do that. It does have multiplayer, too, which that would be really fun i think interesting just to play with some friends yeah and screw them over i'm sure ricky would love it <laughs> should probably tell him about it it's uh it's game pass or no yeah. yes yeah PC all, all three of those games are actually on game pass so and they're all like brand new releases yeah. and yep. that's another thing to uh push the game pass value uh, it fucking rules, and if you're not using Game Pass, you're kind of a moron. Yeah, I mean, the PC uh, one specifically is only $5 a yeah, month still. So For 5 bucks a month, you get to play Microsoft Flight Simulator and mm-hmm. all this other good stuff. I mean, they just added Resident Evil 7, World War Z's on there. They got some good stuff, man. This, it, Game Pass is great. I, I should note as well, another reason why I uninstalled Wasteland 3 is because I was kind of excited that it had co-op, but then I read it's horribly broken right now. So oh, I was just sucks. like, I'm just going to, maybe I'll try it again in the future. Like, I don't want to talk too ill about it because I didn't try it enough, but it, it was just initially kind of it. a frustrating experience. 
after the cool character creation. That's fair. Right on. Cool. All right. Uh, I'm not going to talk much about Tsushima because I'm pretty much done with the game. Um, I think I just need, like, I have, I I think I need three cosmetic items and I've collected everything. (laughs) Damn. So. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of stupid. <laughs> That's the thing. I think, uh, I think I was reading that, uh, very recently, The Last of Us 2 has become the most completed game on PlayStation 4. Like, but mo- the most number of people have completed it? Have completed the story, yes. But I think there's something like 11% of people who have played Tsushima have the Platinum, which might be one of the highest... Uh, you know, actual trophy completions of any game. It makes me wonder if like it's it's just too easy to platinum that game, or if it's like so good people want to platinum that game. You know what I mean? I, it like, might be a little bit of both. I think I did the same thing for Spider Man. The platinum in Spider Man was pretty straightforward to obtain. So that I, that is one of the other ones that I have. But um, but yeah, the Tsushima one's pretty nice. It's mo- like because most of the time. There's a lot of um, trophies that are tied to difficulty, you know? Right. And it's like, you got to beat the game on this mode. So you got to play through the game like twice, or you do it once on like the highest difficulty, right? And I never want to do that. So um, the fact that none of them are specific to like limiting choices or like having to play through it again for any reason, I think makes it pretty easy to obtain, which is right, nice. Right, right. Um, but I, yeah, I did end up getting the platinum for it, and you know, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think the story um, comes around quite a bit on that game. Uh, whereas, like, if you're bombarding yourself with like all of the extra missions, it's not necessary. It doesn't necessarily feel as strong. But I feel like by the end of the game, I was like, this was really cool and good. And you know, there's like a decision that you can make towards the end of the game. At the end of the game, that I sat there for like ten minutes, kind of mulling over exactly how I would want to do it, and it doesn't necessarily have like a big implication for like the post game or anything like that. It just kind of. I mean, or maybe it does. We both chose the same thing. Yeah, so we we might not know, but no, I, no I, spoilers. I did I did research both options, of course, before okay. I, before I so the other option so, doesn't really do anything for okay. now. It doesn't necessarily do anything unless they make some type of. So what you know, you're telling me is I don't have to replay it again. <laughs> probably not. Probably I wouldn't not. mind a new game plus, like starting over with everything intact and just yeah. being able to just like blow through it. Like that would be cool. It doesn't. Um, it uh, so that end choice does give you a different cosmetic, so you might still have to play through it. Oh, okay. I think the one we got is the cooler of the two. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um. But no, I I liked it quite a bit. I also finished it, and it's it's very good. I think it's anybody so anybody who might be interested in that kind of game, you should certainly check it out. Very, very worthwhile. Got a lot of time out of it. Probably at least like twenty something hours, if not more. Um, and uh, yeah, sweet. Cool. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some. You want to do news first? Or you want to do the RTX stuff? Uh, so I had that, that. kind of lumped together, but we can oh, okay. start. With, let's just uh, start wherever you had it started then. All right. So okay. So my 2080 supers for sale on eBay. If anyone's interested. <laughs> Already. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's up to it's 415 bucks. 415. Uh, I, I guess you have a backup card to use for now. I do, but not like I'm going to play anything, so... I have the exact same card, so if he decides that he didn't want to sell it, then I can just put mine up instead of the other one. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, um, 
Yes, NVIDIA announced a new series of graphics cards, the Ampere architecture instead of the Turing architecture. These are second-generation ray-tracing cards, the first of which, the 3080, will be available on September 17th. Um, And so there's a lot of, like... It's a pretty sizable performance jump over the 2000 series cards. I believe the 3070 itself, they're saying, is faster than the 2080 Ti. Is that right? Yeah. So a $1,500 card at launch, the 2080 Ti, is now going to be less powerful than what will be a $500 card when it launches the, the budget model <laughs> yes the one of the the budget versions although they I, I think there still is maybe a 3060 that has yet to come out uh or to and be they're announced. saying there has been rumor of a 3070 ti with 16 gigabytes of ram also coming yeah so that's that's pretty crazy but uh so they announced three cards the 3070 the 3080 and the 3090 3080 is out September 17th, the 3090 is out September 24th, and the 3070 will be out at some point in October. Uh, The 3090 is apparently like a slightly, not slightly, it's $1,000 less than the Titan was in the 2000 series generation, Mm -hmm. and it's supposedly as powerful as uh, what would be a Titan in this generation, Um, but there's a lot of hard hard benchmark stuff that still isn't out there yet as people are starting to get the cards in their hands and run it. Uh, and NVIDIA is being very kind of tight-lipped about some stuff. So, you know, from what they showed, there's a great performance jump between these two, um, but it hasn't exactly been completely run through its paces in, like, real-world situations as of yet. So obviously take a lot of this with currently a grain of salt. But we'll sh- we should be seeing more as we... Uh, as time passes, Digital Foundry has a great video that's kind of showing off the 3080 versus the 2080. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, I don't know. What did you guys think? Brian, what, what is your thoughts? You're, you're currently playing with the 1080 Ti in your system, which came out in 26 to 17? 16? 17. 17, I think. Yes. So are you planning to upgrade? Yeah. Um... Honestly, this card is the the 1080 Ti is a great card, and it's so fast that I feel like I could easily get by for another couple years or so. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really want the uh, RTX technologies like DLSS that newer games are going to start using, and ray tracing, of course. Um, and just given the price point that they're coming out on or at it, like, uh, it's hard to not want to upgrade. Plus I don't have any other gaming system right now. I'm all in on the PC at the moment and I have yeah. no desire to get a PS5 or Xbone at launch because they are just not offering anything everything. that I can't play on PC basically. Yeah, they're not really offering anything at all. It seems that way. Uh, I could totally see myself like I want to get a PS5 again to play PS4 games that I still have. And obviously PS5 games. I I really like when I know Horizon's going to come out, I'll probably get a PS5 then. And that's probably like holiday 2021. Yeah, it's it's definitely not this year. So I'm not in a real hurry, honestly. Um, no, 2020 has been canceled. Yeah, pretty much. 
uh, except we get cool video cards, assuming we can get a hold of them. I'm pretty sure they're going to be very limited, and I feel like more people that I know than usual want to buy them. So I'm I'm not going to be surprised if I can't get one the first time around. It'll be a huge bummer because there's not a whole lot to look forward to these days with the way things are. Um, not in my life personally, but you know, the, the whole COVID thing makes life yeah. in general less exciting than it usually is. Yeah. Um, what COVID thing? I thought it was a hoax. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's a very well engineered hoax. Anyways, um, um, yeah, the I feel like for people that have lower end cards, like the thirty seventy is a super good deal and totally worth it. Anyone that has like a twenty eighty super or something like you guys, I can't see you buying anything less than a thirty eighty. But I feel like the thirty ninety is a better choice because you guys still have like ray tracing and all that, which I did not. And yeah, people yes. in my boat, the 3080 is pretty ideal. That's probably what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I mean, so there's there's a lot of nuts and bolts that are out there about these things. Nvidia did do like a reveal stream on the first or the yeah the first of September that you can check out on their website. Um, so you can see some of those other things. But in terms of like standouts, there's something called RTX IO that they're bringing to the net to um to I think all of the RTX cards. I don't think it's just the 3000 series, but I'm not exactly sure about that. But basically, it's like a protocol that will allow the GPU to unpackage the game data. So basically, you'll be getting that um, the the like SSD upgrade that they've been touting for the uh, new Xbox and the PlayStation 5 will be coming to PCs using these new uh, cards here. Um, and so that's pretty interesting. Um, but, uh, other than that, you know, like they had other things about like being able to do, um, you know, some more streaming tools and like blurring your background and things like that. Better, uh, noise, um, noise gating and noise, uh, reduction for, for your streaming and stuff like that using some of the tools that they're rolling out with these new cards, basically. Um, the other thing that was crazy was that with the 3090, they had kind of a sizzle reel that they showed a bunch of, uh, people in gaming. The only one I really knew was, um, Adam Sessler from formerly of X play, um, watching the 3090 doing 8k HDR gaming on, uh, an insane 8k display. Which uh, sounded incredible, but obviously not super attainable, seeing as how 8K displays are not extremely common nowadays. It was also at 60 frames per second. Yeah, which is nuts. Um, but yeah, so these these cards are out there. John, what are your thoughts on the new generation? What are you thinking? Uh, I mean, obviously, like I said, my, my card's up for sale on eBay. <laughs> my current yeah. 2080 Super. Uh, and the reason being, like, Brian made a good argument that, like, it's probably not that big of a jump for us. We'd probably want to go for more like a 3090 if we were jumping. But uh, for me, I, I Alex and I, you and I, were, we were talking about this yesterday, but I'm kind of tired of, like, the mid-generation refresh nonsense. Uh, I think it's totally anti-consumer bullshit. And uh, I'm just done dealing with that. And so I'm going to start at the beginning of this generation um, with the 3090 or 3080 probably. Uh, and just kind of ride it out until the next generation. Like if they come out with like a 3080 Super or a TI or something like that after the fact, like I won't feel the need to upgrade at that point. Yeah. Um, 
and I just I kind of feel like a chump having purchased my third my 2080 super when I did but at the same time like you know it, I've gotten some gaming out of it it's cool it's great I've played control with ray tracing on it and everything and actually I booted up control the other day and like was messing around with all the settings and everything and got it to run at 60 frames a second so yeah uh with full ray tracing on and everything yeah um which holy holy hell that <laughs> game is so fucking good looking man um it is but yeah, I, I just uh, I'm I'm excited about this stuff and like all the other things they were showing off, like their um, what is it the the machinima like capabilities of of it and like the motion capture, and, yeah, like, all like, these other like these creative tools for people who want to make games or film or whatever. Uh-huh. That is just I don't know if this is going to be free. Uh, my my assumption is that these cards are so cheap because they're going to make you subscribe to these services to do that kind of shit, but I don't really know. They don't take that for fact. Like I'm just making that up because that just seems the way the world works now is everything's a fucking subscription. So, we'll see what happens with it, but I like it's just crazy to see what they're willing to do with this with this technology and what they're capable of doing with it and what they're allowing you the the consumer to be able to do with like this technology like this is stuff that like movie studios have been working with like for years and like now it's just the average consumer can build a pc and and have like full motion capture studio at their disposal like that's crazy to me Um, yeah the idea that like you would be able to do some performance capture like from your home using the the tools that they're starting to put together um using a webcam or like your cell phone blowing mind blowing to me like the the Unreal Engine or whatever it had like a motion capture cell phone thing that you can use like to like you can take video on your cell phone using Unreal Engine and yep. then load it into the Unreal Engine on your computer to like do things with that too. I'm assuming that would just run alongside this stuff too. But you know they, they showed off this uh, was this Kingdoms that they were showing too. I don't even remember or no it was um fuck I can't remember the game. But basically, like, all the assets are already there in all these games, and, like, you can just sit there with, like, your webcam and, like, film yourself making the moves, and it creates a skeleton and then maps that into the game. Like, it's crazy, like, what that's capable of doing, and, like, the average person is going to be able to do that with their computer, and that's just so cool. Um, and just, I, I don't know if you watched them. Did you watch the whole Marbles demo? I did. That I mean, it's just astounding. Nuts. Like, yeah. Again, it's pre-rendered, whatever, like, who knows how it looks real time when you're watching it. It's probably really only, like, 20 frames a second or some shit. Like, who knows? But it's so cool to, like, like, this this feeds into the idea that I had a while back that, like, graphical fidelity, like, really isn't going to get much better until, like, VR graphical fidelity is, like, as good as the current generation of, like, just looking at a screen on your computer, so... Yeah, it's hard um, to get to a point to where you look better than real life, right? <laughs> well, that, well, yeah, and so like that kind of ties into the whole like 8K discussion. Like you, mm-hmm. you're limited by the display that you're using. So like, really, like it's great that this technology is available, but like nobody's going to be able to push it to the max unless you're fucking loaded and you can buy like a ten thousand dollar television to play it on or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's going to be like that. That technology needs to catch up in terms of cost Mm -hmm. to this technology so yeah and i I feel like at some point there has to be like diminishing returns like people jumping from standard def to high def was a pretty big jump because it was extremely obvious but anybody going from 1080p to 4k i feel like a lot of people are just kind of like i don't really notice that big of a difference 
Um, and, and I don't, you know, I don't necessarily disagree. Like, I think it's kind of diminishing returns. Like if you start putting more pixels on the screen, yes, things will eventually start looking more and more insanely sharp and, and, uh, and better overall, but it's just kind of like at some point what's good enough. Um, cause kind of like you were saying, like this card can do, if the 3090 can do 8K 60 frames per second, that's great. But that's for, like, you know, that's on, like, maybe Control and some of the other games that they were showing. But when Cyberpunk comes out, maybe it's only going to be able to hit, like, 8K 30 or something like that. Who knows? Right. Exactly. And, like, so you have a small percentage of games that can use that capability. And then you have a f- even smaller percentage of users who will have that capability. So it's, like, what really is the point, I guess? Like, I don't really know. Eventually, there will be more and more that can do more, but like, you know, it's kind of a it's a gradual thing. Like Wait, by the by the time the average person can afford an eight K television, it'll will be up to like twenty four K TVs. You know what I mean? Like, and then <laughs> like, and the technology is like, oh, like your eight K TV is cool and all, I guess, but you could have this twenty four K television, blah 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 blah, and like then everybody like there's always it's. It's very much that competition of like I'm gonna get a 3900x for my computer and I'm gonna get a 3950x for my computer. <laughs> it's that competition, <laughs> but for TVs. <laughs> well, he's got yeah. a better. He's got a better OLED screen than me, so I gotta <laughs> up one up him with a better video card. Blah blah blah. That's what it is. Sounds, sounds like you're describing your whole family. It, yep. Basically, yeah. It's a family dynamic. <laughs> We're it, it. This is it's a good metaphor for the entire like technology industry. Um. Yeah, like but, it's just the the average consumer isn't going to be able to like pay for the stuff to fully utilize these things. So like, what is the point? I suppose like, at what point do the people realize like, oh, I'm never going to be able to utilize this to the fullest extent. So why would I even bother buying it? Like, anyway, but that's the thing. Like this this shit, the 3080, the 3090. This is for the people that are like cutting edge. You know, I want the best of the best. It's for that group of people. There's obviously this entire segment of people that are using things like the 2060 or even the 1660 or whatever that all of those other like kind of like we call them lower end cards, but they can do 1080p gaming extremely well. Right. Yeah. And so it's not like there's a reason there's like a whole like list of like gaming laptops that are running 1660 Ti's and like, yeah, it is like an affordable power not power hungry, powerful video card that works in, you know, 1080p for, you know, 144 Hertz, like no problem. Like, yeah. So, so like, just because I am the dumbass who's like, when I, let me look up this, uh, 8k OLED while I'm watching this Nvidia stream and see that it's $30,000 right now. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> you know, number one, that's not feasible for me ever. Listeners, he's but- recording from a basement. He doesn't have $30,000 for a television. <laughs> exactly. But, like, uh, you know, that's this is like a small sliver of, like, the people that are ridiculous and will would probably, like, upgrade away, like, a year or two later, even though they're using stuff that's, like, pretty much still at the top of the line, a la me having a 2080 Super and going away from it right now. So... Uh, no, it's crazy. The technology looks insane and I'm excited to get my hands on it. I want to see, I want to see number one control. I'm going to play through the control DLC on whatever new card I get. I want to see it at 
1440p high tra- high ray tracing 144 frames per second and then i also want to see it at 4k on my tv you know as high a frame rate as i can possibly get i think uh i think it'll look insane um think you're right. right now with control like you said you know with the dlss which is this technology that they use to like use um uh use ai in order to like enhance the resolution of something as they like you they basically ray trace a a lower resolution and then they beef it up to a higher resolution i would like to see what control looks like without dlss and just ray tracing everything straightforward which feels like something you'd be able to do with a 3090 so we'll see we'll see what we can actually get our hands on and uh and you know yeah i feel like i'm gonna sell my card and i'm not gonna be able to get a 38 that, that <laughs> is something soon. i wanted to bring up you're just gonna be that's stuck a legitimate with the fear that i have that my the 3080 is gonna drop it'll be sold out everywhere then cyberpunk comes out and i have nothing to play it hey, well if <laughs> if at the very least if i get one i'll sell you my 1080 ti which is still better than using your 1070 i i don't need your 1080 ti well, maybe, maybe since if I'm gonna get a 3090, maybe I'll just uh, maybe I'll pay attention when the 3080 go, pre-orders go live, and I'll buy two of them. And if you guys can't manage to get them, I'll sell them to you for a thousand dollars. You can eat shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just pick them up and sell them to us for whatever. Yeah, you or at cost at. is yeah. cool, and I'll, maybe I'll yeah, tip you. I guess I'll tip I'll you the ten percent that. that I offered you for selling my video card on eBay because I don't feel like selling my card on eBay. I, gu- I guess we'll see what happens. Okay. Maybe I'll order a few for you guys. Maybe they'll be for the eBay. Just market, just you know? get as many as you can. <laughs> yeah, just max out your Amex on it. Give and me see what give happens. me a, give me a pallet of thirty eighties, please. I'm pretty sure no. they're going to have strict limits on those. Probably, yeah, like two would be my guess. Although you can't even SLI them, so they might say one, right? Mm. But who knows? Maybe you have multiple gaming rigs that you want to put them in. Well, that's true. true. Maybe you, know, maybe you have you to need get one. F- maybe you need one for your Samsung fridge. <laughs> you know, can't you play yeah. Destiny on that thing? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, they there also- was a dude who got Stadia running on his fridge, so he was <laughs> playing. Good. He was playing Destiny on his Samsung fridge on Stadia. Well, good. That, Anyways, I'm, I'm glad. What were we going to say, Brian? They did announce some other cool technologies as well that are coming to, um, I think, all of their cards, like the NVIDIA Reflex low latency technology, I believe is just going to be part of the drivers for at least all RTX cards, maybe GTX as well. Yeah, so this is something, yeah, it's a low latency mode um, that they're basically bringing to specifically to like competitive games in order to help people um, you know, with certain cards have a better, uh, a better it, latency. It's going to help the cheaters be faster at cheating. Yeah. I can't, I don't remember how like deep it's going to go. I think that's going to be available through the 10 series was my understanding maybe. Um, but no, it, yeah, they, they had a lot of little announcements in their thing that I th- I thought were pretty interesting and cool. And there was a lot of gibberish that kind of went over people's heads, but yeah. So yeah, it has something to do with measuring like uh, your mouse clicks and stuff, I guess, and um, somehow cuts down on latency. But then it goes deeper if you buy. They also announced a new line of displays that have three sixty yeah. hertz refresh, and they're like uh, esports specific displays that um 
have a certain G-Sync module in them too, I guess. And you can actually plug your mouse into the monitor instead of into your computer. And it measures the clicks directly there before sending it to the rest of the computer. It, it's, hmm. I don't know, it's weird. It's basically trying to eliminate the the lag between the two, right? Yeah. It's trying to marry the image and the click exactly. rather than like bringing the click to what you see. Yeah. That's very, very interesting. Uh, I don't know that I would ever be buying one of those because I'm not huge in like competitive stuff, but, um, you know, it sounds great for people who care about that kind of thing. It's going to make Fortnite so much fun. Sure it is. Yeah. I'm I'm sure. For all those people who will no longer be able to play on their Apple devices, they can, you know. <laughs> Speaking of, so, uh, Epic Games has asked the court to stop Apple's quote-unquote retaliation after the App Store ban. So, August 28th has come and passed. Uh, Apple did revoke Epic's developer ticket specifically for the games that they have listed on the App Store. They were saying, they, they very clearly stated they would not be affecting the development of the Unreal Engine or any of the games that utilize the Unreal Engine on the store. But for now, you cannot download Fortnite on the uh, on the App Store. And uh, the uh, for, Epic, uh, Epic, Epic can no longer update Fortnite on the App Store. The Epic Games on the bicycle with the stick in the tire meme is so much more like pertinent now, relevant. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, especially after this article. <laughs> yeah, so Apple, uh, Epic is calling it retaliation. Uh, the judge at the time, because uh, they were trying to get like a temporary injunction, injunction or restraining order at some point against Apple's actions. The judge kind of seemed to side with Apple and like, hey, you agreed to this, so it, you know, you you agreed to not have your own payment processing, so you broke that agreement, and now you're subject to the terms of use. Basically, uh, who knows if they will get this. Uh, this um, preliminary injunction that would put the game back on the App Store and and restore their developer account, but uh, we will have to see. This was just filed uh, late on Friday, I believe. Um, so that's kind of the latest here on this never-ending epic uh, battle, epic and Apple battle. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Very weird. We'll have to see what happens. Any other thoughts on that? No, because nobody... We don't give a shit about Fortnite. Fuck Fortnite. No, we don't. Get rid of that. Get rid of that shit. Get out of here. Keep it to mobile phone. We only want it on the mobile platform. Take it off the PC. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, All right, let's go through another couple quick stories. The uh, Let's see. Ubisoft had a blurb up on their website at some point that said, uh, with regards to... um, with regards to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 multiplayer connectivity, it said PlayStation 4 players will be able to join multiplayer games with PlayStation 5 players. Backwards compatibility will be available for supported PlayStation 4 titles, but will not be possible for PlayStation 3, 2, or PlayStation games. Uh, so this is a little blurb that seemed to confirm some of the writing on the wall that early rumors about the PlayStation 5 playing all of the games back through PlayStation 1 were not true. Uh, A lot of people kind of thought they would have brought that up by now if it was true. Uh, However, shortly after this article was published on Ars Technica, uh, that blurb did get removed from the Ubisoft site. Um, So it's probably just Sony being like, hey, take that down, assholes. And then they're like, oh, sorry. And then, yeah, they're just going to, you know, 
try and say as little about it as possible until the PlayStation 5 actually comes out. But uh, it sounds like the PS5 will only be playing some PlayStation 4 games uh, as far as that goes back. It is cool that PlayStation 4 multiplayer games will be able to play with PlayStation 5 games, though. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, I saw this article and I was like, is this really a surprise to anyone at this point? I mean... No, I think because those early rumors kind of came out like even just a year or two ago that they were trying to catch up with Xbox because right now with the Xbox Series X, you will be able to play at least a selection of games that came out for the very original Xbox. Um, But yeah, it's, it's not, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's a big priority for them. It never has. I think even on the Xbox, the amount of people doing backwards compatibility to things like the 360 and the original Xbox was not, super high, but mm-hmm. I honestly just would love to own a machine that could play all of my PlayStation games so that I didn't necessarily feel the need to keep a PlayStation two and a PlayStation three around. You, like you, if, you, even from just like a hardware availability standpoint, like these things are going to break at some point. And yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all for games. like the preservation of like older games and everything and being able to play them and all, but on, on one hand, I just don't care about any of this. But on the other hand, like, I think it is important like to be able to still play these games to some extent, whether that's like, I don't know, like if they create a whole other emulator app, you know, much like the on the Switch, you've got like the Nintendo like emulator app that has like a bunch of Nintendo games on it. And then you've got the SNES emulator app that has a bunch of SNES games on it. Like even if they did something similar to that on PlayStation and if you have PS Now or PS Plus or whatever, like you automatically get to play those games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that would be cool. Not necessary, really, but cool. I mean, that that's the it's thing. available as an option. They do have some of that on PlayStation now. There are, like, select PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 2 games that you can play via PlayStation now. And I think the PS2 games can be downloaded. The PS3 games are must be streamed. Um, but it's it's very limited. It's it's very selective. But that's kind of what Nintendo does with those. Like, there's a, there's a fair amount of games that are on the Nintendo ones, but it's still not, like, everything. But personally, like, even looking at what the guys from Analog are doing with, like, the Mega SG, which is their Sega Genesis that uses FPGAs to emulate the hardware rather than emulate the games, I would love to be able to, like, it's $189, it is expensive, but I would love to know that, like, here's a box that I can buy that will play the games that I own on these old systems, even if, you know, you cannot buy a reasonable original sega genesis anymore Mm -hmm. right we're gonna get to a point there with all of these consoles um and it won't mean as much for like playstation 3 games where you need to be able to download updates and all that stuff but like from ps2 and earlier there's gonna be a time where you can't find that hardware and i'd want to play those games again so we'll see if they ever get around to doing something with those but um yeah i mean you know, i'd love to play like shining force on like my you know on something <laughs> like i think yeah. shining force was released on ios but then i went to go download it again on my ipad and i can't like yeah it's like a it might have been like a 32-bit version of the game and they didn't upgrade it for the 64-bit change so I they're think. again like a, a game that i've paid for a second time and can't yeah. play like that's like that kind of shit sucks Yep. Let's fix that kind of nonsense too. So, yeah, I agree. 
But anyways. legacy modes and all that type of stuff yeah, should be available. Um, and then real quick, uh, Marvel's Avengers did come out. I did cancel my pre-order. However, the buzz around it has gotten significantly better with a lot of people saying that the, uh, the beta was not very indicative of the final product. Uh, there's a lot of people out there saying that they're pretty happy with it, which is very cool. I'm glad people are enjoying it. Um, but one of these stories came out shortly beforehand. Marvel's Avengers has a paid battle pass for every superhero after launch. Uh, there was some backlash for this. It's a $10 thing that gets you a lot of cosmetics and currencies to do upgrades to your gear and things like that. Um, and it costs $10 per hero. However, uh, one of the things that a lot of people are glossing over, every character that they put out for this game is going to be free. So you never have to pay for a character itself. You're basically only paying for cosmetics if you choose to do that. And then also these battle passes are free for the core six that came out at launch. And they also include up to a thousand credits or whatever to be spent on other battle passes. So you basically have $60 worth of free credits that you could get by finishing those battle passes, which you can then spend on the other battle passes if you wish Mm. to do that. So you don't necessarily have to pay for anything if you don't want to. If you're uh, one of those impatient people that doesn't actually like to play the games that you purchase, then you can just yes. buy the Battle Pass bullshit all outright if you want. And then never actually have to play the game, but you could tell everyone that you got all the cool shit. That's awesome. Exactly. Sign me up. If you want to if you want to play the game that you bought as little as possible, you can certainly pay more money. But um no, it it just <laughs> uh uh I wanted to touch on Avengers because I know that uh, some of the opinions kind of turned around on it online. I don't necessarily know that I'm going to check it out until it gets a bit cheaper or something like that. But I, mean, I was just re-listening um, to our episode where you were talking about the beta and then like just having read some of the headlines for the reviews and things and just everyone's general thoughts about it. Like it does kind of sound fun, but I still don't care about Marvel. <laughs> like I'm over yeah. Marvel. It's there's too much of it. We lost Black Panther. Pour some out. And that's the only thing I cared about was Black Panther. So, I don't know. I'm kind of just like, I I will probably play this when it's a free Stadia Pro game for me to play. (laughs) (laughs) Going to be a great time to check it out. So, Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah. Um, The last big story, Nintendo had a huge uh, Mario, Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary direct. They announced quite a bit of stuff, including um, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is going to include um, Super Mario 64, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy, all of which are great 3D games. Uh, That's a limited time release, both physically and supposedly digitally as well, so you'll only be able to get these games for a certain amount of time on the Switch, because they did that with the old All-Stars games on Wii, I think. Um, so that will be cool. They're also redoing, uh, or they're, they're, um, porting over Super Mario 3D World, which is a Wii U Super Mario game that is actually very, very good. That didn't get a lot of attention. That'll be coming out on the 12th of February. They announced a limited time event called Super Mario Brothers 35, where 35 people play Super Mario Brothers with each other. And as you kill monsters, they appear in other people's game. So it's like Tetris 99 and Super Mario put together. Uh, So that looks like it'll be pretty interesting. I think this was slightly based off of uh, an experiment that somebody had made online and then Nintendo ordered a cease and desist. 
So it's hard to say if Nintendo was trying at first or if the person, the, the people who made it online uh, came up with it first. But um, it at least seems kind of cool. That'll be free with anybody that has Nintendo Switch Online starting October 1st. It's funny to just think that like they were like, okay, 35 is the number of people we can have doing this at any given time without anyone going so fucking crazy <laughs> with all the shit <laughs> popping up on their screen. <laughs> like, Well, it's also the 35th anniversary. So oh, that's, maybe that's, that's it. That's, that's partly where... Gosh, where it comes from that's crazy I don't know if there's also a, a technical limitation but honestly it looks pretty cool i just think i would go absolutely nuts trying to play this game anyway like the idea that they're just gonna like throw the spikes that other people are killing into your game uh terrifies me and i don't know that i can handle it mentally so might be fun to check out we'll see on october 1st of course they did announce mario kart live uh which is this um awesome uh, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, which is basically you buying a set that comes with a Mario in his cart and a camera on the back that will allow you to, like, make Mario Kart courses in your house uh, and race it around uh, with... I think there's also a Luigi set that comes separately. Mm-hmm. I think it's priced this at, like, is the $100. Coolest, like, this is the best use of augmented reality. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty rad. It's a really cool idea. This is like this um, is taking like Toy Story and like augmented reality and making it like a real thing. It reminds me of I think it was the Final Fantasy 15 demo. There was like a like you were in like a giant uh like scene like in in a house like you were shrunk down really small and you got to drive the car around. It kind of looks like that. Yeah. But it's uh yeah, it's no. Mario Kart, which is sweet. Yeah. It looks pretty rad. It's they do this thing where basically like in order to make the the uh cart, yeah, they splash like ink on Mario's tires and then you're basically driving through the play the area that you want to make the actual course. So you can kind of like change the shape or however you want to do it to make it look the way that you want to make it look. Um and then actually race on it too. So Looks pretty cool. It is a bit expensive. I think they said it would be like a hundred mm-hmm. bucks per set, so you don't get both Mario and Luigi in one set. Yeah, They're but just think, like sets. they they'll probably release other characters too if this does well. So you could end up with like a Toad one and a Peach one and like a Yoshi one. Like that would be so sweet. Sure. Like, and that's again, that's Nintendo being this like innovator, which they always have been. In like now they're doing it with augmented reality, which they kind of did with the 3DS too. Like augmented reality was a big thing with the 3DS, wasn't it? They had a couple of, like shooter games that used the camera and shit. Like yeah, they well they made like these cards that you could do augmented reality stuff with, and it was kind of fun. But like nobody else ever ran with it. I think was kind of the shitty thing. But yeah, but um, this this is like this shows some crazy potential for like other stuff. I think and like again like not just the fact that it's a cool concept of something to do, but like the, like the, they'll sell if they do do other characters, they're going to sell so much hardware. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. It's true. People already For can't, sure. you can't get switches already. Like that's a problem. <laughs> so yeah, not only are you not gonna be able to get switches, but you're not gonna be able to get the Yoshi guy in the car that you want. Like, I don't know. It's, it's pretty rad. They're, yeah, so, they're so coming. fucking smart. Like Nintendo. Absolutely. You guys they, are the they're best. They're playing a different game. Um, October 16th is when that's coming out. Uh, they also are putting out a, uh, like a replica of the Game & Watch, the yeah. original Game & Watch. Uh. Um, but it's actually in color, and I think you can also use it as like a, what is it? It's also like a, an alarm clock and some other stuff. Yeah, you can mine so. crypto with it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Um, and yeah, I think that was mostly it. So there's a bunch of Mario stuff coming, which I think we had commented on earlier because there were a lot of rumors flying. But I personally am pretty excited for the uh, for the 3D All-Stars because I never really played 64 or Sunshine all that much. And also Galaxy is a very, very, very good game as well. So it's nice to have it on like a... It's nice to not have to hook the Wii up again, basically. Um, so yeah, some 64 great- is really cool. Yeah, yeah, I've always wanted to play through it. We just never owned a, a Super uh, a Nintendo 64, so it's, you know, it would be a good time to, to check that out. So, but yeah, they did say that that would be available for a limited time, I think, through March 31st, through the end of their fiscal year, basically. You'd be able, they're, they're going to be, they'll have it available digitally and physically. Although it sounds like something that they might end up, um, you know, reconsidering at least because, you know, they did the same thing with the NES Classic. And, uh, and hopefully like, it seems weird to just make something like that available for a limited amount of time. So, but yeah, that's everything that got announced. Um, and, uh, cool to, uh, to have a little, like, I don't know. I don't know if Nintendo's going to have a whole lot else to announce this year. Um, I, I, it'd be nice if they did, but it sounds like with they, they got to and a lot of this Mario stuff. They, they have a lot of stuff that's coming. They got to keep their profitability rolling because they're up like four hundred percent or something like that. <laughs> like they're well, yeah, they can't since they can't keep any switches on the shelf at this point. Yeah, think, they're they're uh, killing. I think it. they're doing okay, but uh, there's also rumors that a Switch Pro is like actually beginning to start product not production, but like they're. I think some of the supply channels are starting to comment on that type of thing. Like we're seeing new components for a Nintendo system, but um, obviously nothing announced yet, but it was nice to hear from Nintendo. Cause I feel like this was the biggest direct that they've done so far since uh, COVID started. And, yeah. and um, you know, a lot of people were kind of wondering what they were going to do this year. So more Mario, it looks like. Cool. Sweet. I think that's pretty much it for the episode. Yeah. Yes. Next time. Game of the Year will be released. Spelunky 2. <laughs> September 15th. So, um, looking forward to playing a bunch of that. Consider taking work off, but I didn't. Um, but I'm excited to play some. Hopefully I can stream some as well, because I think it'd be fun to watch me oh, be yeah. extremely frustrated uh, with how bad I am. Yeah, I'll watch it. you so, get pissed I, off. I want to watch, watch you and Drew play it side by side. <laughs> We should co-op it. That's I, what we should do. I can only imagine how angry he gets at knowing, <laughs> like knowing how he plays like Smash Brothers and shit. Oh my god, it'd be so funny, Drew. If you're listening, I, let's hey, make this happen. I'm down. I'm down. We should do. I think uh, Rick will probably pick it up too. So we'll do three player co-op and see how much we murder each other there based off of how difficult it is. But. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Excited for some Spelunky. I don't know if there's anything else that's really coming out in the meantime. Um, you yeah, know, I, mean, I wouldn't really... They're announcing another Cyberpunk delay later. I mean, it's it's all good. <laughs> they came out and said it will not... No. They didn't come During out their... and say it. There have been several other people who have said, based on what's going on, that there are no further delays with Cyberpunk. The, the, uh, the... On their earnings call, they told their investors that the next time they speak, they will have released Cyberpunk. So it could be delayed up till December. They're just gonna. But it should be coming gonna look out at their phone and they're like, "Oh, investors are calling." And <laughs> <laughs> lock down the building. Don't let them in. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that I mean, you know, they could theoretically delay it a couple more weeks. There could be like a Stop, small delay or something. No, just but, don't uh, do don't do that to me. Don't just you know, don't. Hey, you know, what? I'm gonna tell you it happens because if it does, you know what? Then if I don't get my prepared. 3080, then they can delay it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you just really want to. Why not both? <laughs> you really want to secure Spelunky Two as the game of the year, and obviously, we're going to contest that if Cyberpunk comes out. Right. I mean, you know, it, uh, you guys can have whatever opinion you want, but um, <laughs> we're we're two thirds of the game nerds. Yeah, but if you're not going to play Spelunky two, I don't really feel like you could say that it's not game of the year, right? Is it coming out on PC? Can Brian play it? Of course it is. It is not yet. No. It is what? not yet. really. It'll be out. Yes, they. Uh, I think Derek, you said that they would be out shortly after because I think they're still ironing out some of the co-op. Uh, how some of the co-op works for the PC. So, um, it will be out at some point after the 15th for the PC, but not yet. Um, but in terms of before the next time we speak, uh, Super Mario All-Stars does come out on the 18th, so that'll be like, uh, mm. day or two before we talk. And then also, Kingdoms of, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning comes out on the 8th. That is the re-release and slight HD remaster. I am tempted to pick Kingdoms that up. I did not realize that R.A. Salvatore did the story of that and that Todd McFarlane did the artwork. Like, I had no clue. Like, why, I remember when it Why wasn't that something they pushed? Out. Why didn't they push that to begin with? Like, that would have gotten me more interested from the beginning, so. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I remember when it came out, people being pretty, uh, like, m- happier with the game than they thought they were going to be because it seemed like this weird like side project of the big MMO that that studio was supposed to be making. And then ultimately they folded, but you know, might be worth checking out if that's your kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so right now things are, there's some stuff coming out, but I think we're, I think October and November are going to be a bit heavier, uh, in terms of some of the releases. So yeah, they got to put out a bunch of other games that won't be on the new consoles. So <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I don't. We don't know what's going to be on these new consoles. At Maybe point. we'll have new graphics the, cards before the next time we record. Well, the, the Wikipedia one of yeah, us, the true. Xbox Series X will come pre-installed with Solitaire and Minesweeper. <laughs> no, you know with what? Ray it's tracing. got all that Game Pass stuff that you were just hyping up at the beginning of this episode. Like they do have Game Pass on the Series X, yeah. so. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, but, uh, you know, they still haven't really stated what's coming out at launch for the PS5, so we'll have to see, you know. I'm expecting... Gran Turismo. Maybe. No, I, I think I think it's probably um, Spider-Man and maybe Demon Souls or Ratchet and Clank, but mm. uh, hard to Demon say. Demon Souls. Man. Man, a solid three games at launch. Wow. Yeah, I'll just wait till next you know year. I'd rather have those three games than fucking Knack and Killzone that came out for the PS4. So I bought one of those at launch. <laughs> yeah, Knack, I, I didn't hear too many great things about that game. It was good enough to make a second one. And scene. Where's the crickets? Uh, there's one in here <laughs> somewhere. There they are. Stop it! Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, just hit every button on the board. <laughs> I had to find it. I haven't used it. This in a is long the craziest time. remix, man. <laughs> Can you stop Anyways, the cricket sound? 
No. If you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month to help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Gojo, Sitza, and Tom Z for their contributions. We love you guys. It's just like we love all of our patrons. And as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can sub to our channel using your free Prime subscription if you have Amazon Prime, or you can throw like five bucks at it and we get some of that money, which is totally cool because it helps us do cool things and uh, play cool games and talk about them and all that good stuff. So feel free to do that. If not, that's fine too. Just subscribe, listen to us on podcatchers, write reviews for us on them because those reviews are important. Uh, Yeah, that's all I really have to say other than that. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.